This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. You weren't even going to tell me a different time. I know you're doing different with XM, so I'm like, what? And then I text you and you're just like noon, not even like asking like totally different time. And I'm like, all right, asshole. And then now you're giving me a hard time because I didn't answer your first Skype, which is 10 minutes later than your aforementioned change of time to noon. But anyway, these are boring. So leave this out of the podcast. Let me just say one thing. Let me just say one thing. You don't even have stuff to do normally. Like even normally you pretty much are on call and now it's, you know, lockdown. I assume you ask me what time I tell you what time and you show up. That's it. Yeah, well, even regularly, you, you assume that. That's what but, I'm uh, saying. Yeah, so I, uh, I've actually weirdly kept myself so shockingly busy so far. But just food stuff real quick. I, I strongly advise you to delete this out. Um, uh, kidney, kidney beans, mung beans, and like beans, those are super good for you, yes? I wouldn't say that. I, I don't really digest beans that well. And the last two times I had food poisoning, it was these mung beans I got at the farmer's market. These mung beans sprouts, actually which are supposedly good for you. But uh, I got food poisoning twice from the same batch because I didn't know how I got the food poisoning. Didn't even suspect them, suspected something else. Ate them again and was like, oh, it was the beans. You know, second time I'm like so ill. And I'm like, oh, I did it twice with the same batch. But that's neither here nor there. You know, beans have a lot of nutrients, but normally, you know, traditionally, I think a lot of cultures soaked their beans in salt water the way you soak nuts. Legumes have a lot of... I think they're called lectins. I don't know. You got to go, not yeah. go, you got to duck, duck, go it. But there are some things that uh, cause reactions, sort of like gluten causes a reaction for a lot of people. It's not as bad as gluten. Don't get me wrong, but it's, it's something like that where it can jack up your immune system a little bit if you're sensitive to it. So, Beans are, if you soak them properly and do the right preparation. Well, that's or, what I was going to ask you now. How do you, like, um, can, what, try to get them out of a can okay if there's low sodium, or should I well, get not, them? Well, first of all, sodium is not a problem. Okay, don't, that sodium yeah. thing is no, I got total you. BS. Salt, I got you. It's fine. I know. Right. But I just meant, I meant a can that doesn't add anything is what I meant by Yeah, that. you don't want, you don't want any junk. shows is low sodium is what their, with their way of saying it. Well, I, I, I just say no seed oil. You want to cook them. You're like actually cook beans. My instinct would be you would get dried beans, soak them properly in salt water, and cook them the way they're supposed to be cooked, a traditional way. Because obviously canning is not – I mean, it's, it's reasonably old technology, but it's not old, old technology. So older it is, the more likely your system has evolved to deal with it. But uh, the oldest technology is just hunting an animal and eating it. That's the oldest technology. The whole domestication of beans and grains and things that we eat – 
uh, is only about 10,000 years old. And so, you, you know, evolutionarily that is not that long. So some people are better adapted than others. And, um, you know, do the experiment, but there are a lot of nutrients and benefits to beans, but I, I mostly avoid them. I mean, if, if there's beans in something that's at a restaurant or Heather makes, you know, chili with beans, I'll eat it. I'm not like, Oh, this is a a terrible thing for you, but I'm not like, Oh, I, I need to get beans three times a week. I, I actually actively avoid them. I am a strong believer that every person is very different though. So like that could just be a case for for you though. So everything I'm going to ask you about here is I assume is, is healthy of the research I've been doing. So what are your thoughts on plantains and do you have to cook them to eat them? I'm guessing. Yes. So plantains have sugar, right? But the less sugar they have or the less ripe they are, I know more talk about the green banana and right, how it all right. clicked when I came across this myself. I'm like, now I know why Liz is saying that. Yeah, so. it's like resistant starch, right? So if you have resistant starch, I had a banana that I, I ate it because I opened it. I never waste anything. But it was it was bitter. It was so green and unripe. And I didn't, you know, I didn't damage my stomach, but it's pure prebiotics. It's pure resistant starch. Feeds the bacteria. It doesn't have bacteria as much. It feeds the good bacteria in your stomach. Same thing with cold potatoes and even raw potatoes that you could put in a blender and green bananas. And I think plantains fit that a little bit. If you cook it and it's super right and it's super sugary, you're obviously getting a lot of sugar from that. And sugar is not great. But, you know, again, like we're, we're talking about in a spectrum of natural things that don't have pure poisons in them already. And now you're talking about if you get some extra sugar from the banana, I mean, most people can deal with it, but a lot of people eat too much fruit. They're like, Oh, I'm eating healthy. I'll eat a bunch of melon and watermelon and you know, mangoes. And they think they're eating healthy and they're actually just jacking up their blood sugar. So, you know, the fruit right, should be get some sugar somewhere. It might as well come from a place like it's, well, it's better. Place. It's better to have, you know, it from, obviously berries or something, but you don't, fruit can, you know, be too much. I mean, it can be too much sugar. Plantains, it depends, right? I mean, when you eat plantains and like Cuban food or whatever, they're like cooked and sugary with the rice and the beans. It tastes great. It's great. It's good. Like uh, there's Cuban places in LA. Deprive yourself of sugar too. Then like blueberries taste just amazing just because it's it's so sweet. Right. I I have these dried pomegranate seeds that I got that are just so good, but I know they're not good for me. Well, dried fruit is too much sugar because you're not getting the water to dilute it. So the best candy ever though. I'm sure. But your your teeth will rot. They stick to your teeth. You get cavities. You know, it's not thing. is like everything is, is uh, there's no poison and not poison poisons in the dose. You know, we've probably talked about this before, but like the Incas, they chewed coca leaves and would give them a mild stimulation. It was probably good for them in a lot of ways. In the mountains, they'd be hiking or carrying something heavy, chew some coca leaf, get more energy. But if you take those leaves and you extract the thing that gives you energy into a powder and condense it you know, a thousand times, then you've got cocaine, which is obviously not good for you. So it becomes a poison when it's actually a health thing. So sure, you know, sugar is the same way. Sugar is energy, right? It's just energy. But in nature you're going for long stretches with no sugar at all. And you come upon some blueberries and you eat like a thousand of them. And you're like, wow, these are so amazingly sweet. And by the way, blueberries and other berries and other fruits have been bred to be sweeter in nature. They're pretty tart, but even those tart blueberries are like so sweet because you don't get a lot of that kind of stuff in nature. And so it's like a big treat and it's, it's good for you. It's energy. It's a quick source of it. But of course, we've extracted all the sugar, bred all the stuff, taking fructose out of the corn and put it into a syrup. And now we've got crazy amounts of this stuff. It's like we're on cocaine all the time. We're on like the most, the highest dose of this thing that's, that's available and it's poisonous to us. So just think about that. You know, think about the, the way the fruits have been bred 
Think about the way that um, in nature that stuff's not that available to humans for most of our evolution. And then in that context, something that is marketed as healthy, like orange juice, is actually a super high dose of something. Okay, so I actually did get cocoa, cocoa, cacao, whatever, nibs or whatever. Right. Those are supposedly good, uh, nice treat as well. Um, okay, so you don't have to go as in-depth with these, but I'm going to run, run by other things for you. Raw potato starch. Yeah, I've heard that's good. It's, it's uh, resistant starch. and I ordered some, and I have it sitting right here. What do I do with it? Just I don't know. I've never – It's like I have chia seeds. Like those are supposedly really, really good too, right? Not flaxseed. I heard some downside to that. But oh. chia seeds and raw potato starch, like what are your thoughts on those? Like again, like to me, a lot of plant foods are inflammatory. Like your body reacts to them. They're sort of like, when did people eat chia seeds in large quantities? I know that some Indians in Mexico and stuff they eat something with chia, and it it is something that humans have eaten. But again, it's relatively recent. I, again, I'm not the expert in this, but I would say that most plant foods make sure you don't have a reaction to them. Make sure whatever uh, anti nutrients, phytates chemicals that resist digestion. I mean, if you're a seed, if you're a plant and you have seeds, those are your potential offspring and you need them to get into the earth and grow new plants, reproduce like any other species wants to do. And so you, what you want to make that yourself as indigestible to humans or, an, or mammals, basically any, anything that might eat you and come out the other side and turn into a new plant. You don't want to be easily digested and delicious because then you won't get a chance to reproduce. So a lot of these plants have defenses. They can't run but what they can do is have all sorts of phytochemicals that are not good for you and that resist digestion and give you indigestion and inflammation and cause your body to overreact. So, you know, with plant foods, I think unless it's the leaves of the plant, which aren't really involved in the reproduction and have no need to be poisonous, although they need to be poisonous to insects to some extent. And like, so a lot of like leafy greens that are really good for you, they're really medicines. There's not a lot of nutrition in them. I mean, there's, there's minerals in them. But it's a lot of it serves as medicine. It kills off a lot of the garbage in your system when you eat collard greens and that stuff. I mean, they're really good for you, but it's good for you in a way that it's not nutritionally dense. It's it's almost like taking like a very nice medicine that you could take in very large doses, and that people took in, in large doses. But seeds are a little more fraught. So yeah, chia seeds have had a lot of benefits. I mean, do your own research. But in general, I think meat and leafy greens. And berries are the healthiest things to eat. And, okay. dairy, and, and dairy, if you can handle it, if your body can handle it. All right. So, um, all right. So, the, uh, interesting because, yeah, I thought out, like, for walnuts, I was eating a lot of walnuts, and I thought I was doing right because, you know, they're high in omega-3. Right. right. But they're also super high in omega-6, like the highest thing possible. Um, so, I was actually kind of counter doing the opposite of what I thought, therefore – same thing with chia seeds. Maybe I think I'm getting a benefit, but you're telling me it may cause inflammation, which is like I, I don't know. Maybe not. Thing I'm trying to do your own research. Stop, I'm, so. I'm not. I'm not saying specifically that they do that. I'm just saying that seeds, in general, are not the kind of thing that people ate by the high, you know, by in massive doses, and that right. seeds also are designed to survive your digestive tract and come out the other end and reproduce. So they're not meant to be broken down. So you know, just in general, seeds are probably not as good for you as leaves. And then the raw potato starch, your thoughts on that one? Well, you know, there's a whole thing about resistant starch, and, that, and that's resistant starch. And what that does is it's indigestible. You can't actually break it down properly. And so it goes past your stomach and pa- bypasses, you know, a lot of the blood sugar generating areas where, you know, your stomach breaks it down and the sugars get processed 
I guess in the liver, I'm not sure, but they go into your blood and then you, you, know, you have high blood sugar, use it as energy, but sometimes it's too much. But these starches cannot be broken down in the stomach and they end up getting digested by the bacteria in your lower intestine. And that bacteria, this is what I, you know, again, don't quote me on this, do your own research, but that bacteria thrives, the good bacteria that you need. I mean, people are mostly bacteria. You have like 10 times as many bacterial cells uh, attached to you than you have human cells. The ecosystem that is your body, your body's like an economy in a sense. Um, there's The population is mostly bacteria. And there's also probably viruses that are, are beneficial too. And that's a whole other level of study that people are just getting to now. But the bacteria, they need to be healthy. The right kind of bacteria need to thrive. The wrong kind of bacteria need to uh, be in check. And the uh, resistant starches like potato starch, raw potato starch, apparently are really beneficial. It's like, it's like, let's say, you know, let's compare your body to like a city and there's like inner city schools that like aren't funded properly and we'll get to schools and there's broken windows and, you know, they're neglected kids and stuff. And you, you fund, you fund that like crazy with like good teachers and good resources and books and playgrounds and parks you know it's like you're you're bringing in resources that they need so think of it that way okay so and then beef jerky i'm confused i heard you say that is good but processed meat is bad so explain that for me well beef jerky is typically good right i mean the native americans used to to make it and they used to make it with dried fruit but uh, I made beef jerky, and it was pretty damn spicy when I made it. But, but like buying it out of a package of, like a, of a store, would, well, it's different than buying it from a butcher, right? You're talking, those are better, butcher's better. Things. Butcher's better. But you, know, if the, you look at the ingredients. If it's like meat, salt, you know, they sometimes put a little bit of maple syrup, which you know, it's, if it's the third ingredient, sure, it's, it's, it's a little bit, but right. it's not much. Okay. I usually get it without, but you know, whatever. So look at the ingredients. If there's all sorts of like filler and additives and preservatives it's bad if you get it at 7-eleven it's probably bad if you get it at a health food market or something especially a farmer's market it's, it's better but it's typically pretty good but the thing is like you i know don't, you're fine with red meat right like hamburger and lamb is good for you yes I, I think it's one of the healthiest things you could possibly eat yeah but the thing is you know the, the source matters too like so foods it's not just is this food good for you is this food bad for you it's context is it was this animal raised on fresh grass organic food. grass we're roaming in a pasture, relaxing, having a good life. It's probably one of the best things you could possibly eat. Was that was the animal in a horrible factory farm, shot up with antibiotics, fed grains, even though their natural diet is grass, uh, and you're getting omega six, even though a lot of the meat should be more omega three fatty acids. That's not quite as good. So you know you have to; those things actually matter. Such as is this good for you? Is this not good for you? Um, another thing is, for you sure. know, how often do you eat? You know, do you eat all the time? Do you fast you eat in a four-hour window where your body takes whatever carbohydrates you're eating and burns through them and then burns through fat and burns through its own fat and then you add more are you eating every four to six hours and you're never able to really burn your own fat because you're just burning the next piece of food that's put in your body so all these things matter the the amount you eat the timing of what you eat what you eat the way it was prepared it's sort of like saying like are is it good to draft a wide receiver in the third round well i mean yeah, I guess, you know, but it's like, well, what's on the board was, you know, it's like, you can't, you, it's asking questions in a vacuum that don't really, there's a full context, you know, you know, how is your body doing with, with these things? Do you need to gain weight? Do you need to lose weight? How sure. active are you? There's just so many variables. So, but the point is like the stuff that we ate, you know, uh, you know, 500,000 years ago versus 50 years ago, that we didn't eat 50 years ago, that we only had for 20 or 30 or 50 years, 
you should have a bias toward the stuff that has worked for a long time. And then cultures, and we talked about this last week, that article, are very intelligent because it, it, it's a collective cultural intelligence on which their survival depended, figured out ways to eat beans or grains or things that they could domesticate in a way that didn't give everybody diseases and wipe out a civilization. And then when later on processed food companies are like, oh, we don't need that. That's just some crap. They did some superstitious nonsense, the way they thresh the grains and put them in salt water. We just put this, they'll stay in a shelf for years and people can keep them in their pantry for years and they'll always be there. And then everyone's, oh, why, why do I have diabetes? Why do I have indigestion? Why do I have heart disease? Why do I have cancer? And we were like, oh, it's so unlucky. Well, sometimes it's lucky and a lot of people don't know, but I think a lot of it is just like we've sort of thrown out a lot of the cultural wisdom that was handed down to us uh, because we're so rational in the you know, the people with the spreadsheets and the corporations that know how to make a profit have, have an incentive to see things very, very simply when actually like the culture had a lot more wisdom a couple hundred years ago. WHO is even recommending now that we have seed oils, right? Um, that thing is such, is such an embarrassment. I mean, not only did they say it can't be spread by human to human contact in January, but they're recommending seed oils and saying avoid red meat and butter. I mean, you know, even the New York Times, which is pathetic with the health advice, is 10 years behind. These guys are 25 years behind. I mean, this is, it's, I mean, the fact, you know, people are like, you know, we talked about this last week, but it's like, oh, how could we defund the WHO? I mean, that thing, that is like the World Illness Organization. I mean, that, that is just terrible advice. And it's like the think, opposite, not just bad, it's, or, right. or, or, you know, well, lacking. And we, no, it's like literally right. error of commission. Right, exactly. Right. If it just didn't exist, we'd be so much better off. And, and a lot of times that happens because they're the world's spokesperson. So you don't get to be that unless everybody signs off. Well, who's got a stake? Who, who signs off on this kind of stuff? You know, politicians sign off on it. They're lobbyists, the corporations that pay the lobbyists. Well, who's that? Like big food, big pharma. I mean, in the end, like you don't, run a giant organization like that unless those kind of people sign off on you. So the advice is necessarily going to be terrible. And then, you know, YouTube, you sent me a link. They want to, uh, you know, delete content that suggests anything other than what the WHO is saying. So you have the sort of censorship going on. There's top down centralized bad advice. Now, luckily, I think most intelligent people see through that and it's going to backfire for all their organizations doing this. But in the meantime, as a person, you have to be incredibly wary of the mainstream advice that you're getting. Yeah, someone tweeted at us that uh, that is crazy. That's going to be taken down. And I'm like, yeah, Liz is going to be in trouble because he's advising the opposite of how they suggest. Well, I told you. I told you. I I, I I opened my DMs and I'm like, I'm close to just saying, listen, guys. My Twitter account is probably going to be shut down at some point. <laughs> I mean, I'm shocked that Tommy G hasn't been shut down yet. I am shocked that he's not been shut down, but I'm happy he hasn't. But, you know, even me, you know, I'm not saying like, uh, uh, luckily I'm under the radar and I don't have a big enough account that someone's going to shut me down, but any one thing that goes viral or something gets shut down. And there's a lot of value in having a, a Twitter following that's really engaged. And I promote my work through it. We promote the podcast through it. And so I'm always thinking of like collecting emails and just having a giant spreadsheet with everyone's emails. So if, if and when I get shut down, which it may never happen again, I, I'm enough under the radar that there's a lot more crazy people than me out there. But if it happens, then, you know, it's like, okay, well you didn't screw me because I have the couple of thousand people's emails that really care about this stuff and I can just reach them directly anyway. Yes. We'll get to that in one second. Just get before I bore you with a couple more food questions. Uh, liver, I heard is especially good meat for you. Do you eat Great. that? Up? The best. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And one have you ever go out of your way to get omega three eggs? No, 
I don't, I, there may be something to it. There may not real, you know, good farm eggs where the chickens aren't in like, you know, cooped up, but they can actually go around and eat worms and walk around are so healthy for you. Eggs are one of the best foods, liver and eggs, some of the best foods on the planet. So I don't like gild the lily. Do you know that expression? Gild the lily. Yes. Yes. I don't gild the lily. Okay. What about cheddar cheese, especially grass fed cheddar cheese? It's good. Cheese is good. Some people have an intolerance to some of the, uh, I don't know what it is with the proteins and cheese, but, uh, but it's very good for you. And you think it is ordered off the internet? Like you're looking for grass fed. Like if my local supermarket doesn't have that, like what is that? Is that I mean, about? you should try either, you know, word of mouth, somebody who knows the place or see if you can duck, duck, go some reviews of the place that sound plausible. I mean, we're all going word of mouth. It's easy to fake things, fake reviews, but the way we sort of put together our circle of trust in companies and in, people that you listen to on different topics is does it sound legit Do the people reviewing it sound like actors or bots or they sound legit you know and you got to just use your judgment but yeah you can do it online sure and then yogurt and, and whole raw milk is the best but although it has some dangers and it's pretty much there's no danger there's no danger right? in raw milk no danger but impossible to get right well it's impossible to get because it's been made it's been you know made virtually illegal i mean there's some farmers markets in california that will sell it Raw cream is the best in your coffee. Like it's like the most delicious thing in iced coffee. You don't want to put in hot coffee because you're killing all the enzymes. But yeah, raw milk's the best, and then raw yogurt is good. Uh, you obviously pasteurized whole milk that's organic or pasteurized yogurt. It's full fat organic. It's you know it's not ideal, but it's it's not a bad substitute. Okay, and then lastly, uh, vitamins and and probiotics and, and fish oil is that all all okay to take in the morning while you're intermittently fasting? Uh, I think most fat soluble vitamins, like, so if you're taking vitamin D or vitamin A or vitamin K, you probably want to take it with fat. So you want to eat like something with fat in it, uh, while you're taking it to absorb it better, I think. Okay. okay. So I yeah. won't, I won't take those vitamins on an empty stomach. I'll, you know, wait till I have, you know, yeah, that makes sense anyway. Some, so just wait some, egg, some okay. eggs or something with it, you know, probiotics, I don't take anymore. I, I make my own sauerkraut. Um, and, but of course you sure. But I mean, that's, you know. That's okay, so all right, so thank you for that. Let's circle back to your your, your your you getting kicked off Twitter. So like, I mean, we could obviously have a bunch of COVID stuff to talk about, but what, what your your tweet, man, it went viral almost. So you got a lot of. I, I'm not I'm not getting kicked off Twitter now. I'm just saying, like, I saw Ted Bell get kicked off Twitter for something that was like nothing, and I could see some nutless monkeys reporting me, you know, similarly, and who you never know, you know, you're dealing with an autocratic. Um, system that's sort of a black box and there's no real, I don't, there's no oversight. I can't like, who am I going to complain to? I'm like a bitch about it, but it's not like I could prevent it. So it just makes me, whenever you're dealing with a, a totally arbitrarily powerful system that can just do what it wants without any recourse, you need to take precautions. So I'm sort of thinking of, you know, getting an email list. So it's like, okay, in the event that it happens, fine. I'll just take my message somewhere else and I've used the platform. I've contributed to their platform like everyone else does who posts, but then I've also used it to my benefit, you know, to get, you know, connections with lots of different people. Right. But what I'm saying is if you want to address your controversial homeschool tweet, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was controversial at all. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. Like, well, I, 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 I was very surprised. I mean, I literally was like, you know, most of the tweets I make will have like three or four people, you know, weigh in or like that. It's very small. It's not like I have a giant following. So I just said that, um, you know, just 
it's a pain in the ass to homeschool your kid. And, you know, we, Sasha and I fight about stuff. It's a pain. Like, and, you know, I'm trying to work and she wants attention. It's a pain. But, uh, but she's made incredible gains in like a lot of subjects in a short time. And it makes me realize that school, her school in Portugal is just kind of kid storage mostly. I mean, it's mostly, it's not entirely. Primarily kid storage, I think is how I phrase it. And everyone's like, you scumbag, you're shitting on teachers. How dare you say that about teachers? And I'm like, I didn't mention teachers at all. And it's actually interesting because it's like, no, I think you're shitting on teachers by saying that because you're assuming that the school is kid storage implies the teachers are doing an inadequate job. But actually, I like her teachers, so that's not even what I implied you know, intentionally one bit. I actually felt like, no, it's just the nature of it. It's like there's a bunch of kids and there's a curriculum and you're sort of babysitting these kids. So you, you have to make sure that the slowest kid is okay, which understandably, I mean, it's a private school, even a public school, you know, they have a right to education and the private school, everyone's paying for the school. So like, you can't just like ignore the slowest kid, but it, it obviously is not an ideal environment for having kids see what the limit of their learning capacity is. It's not remotely. Uh, and they're like, well, get your daughter in a gifted program. First of all, I'm not saying she's gifted. I'm just saying she made progress with us. Um, I have no idea if she's gifted because I don't have two kids. I only have one. So I just, I don't have anything to compare it to. She is who she is. I think she's smart, but you know, I don't, it's not like I have some sort of, I don't want to give her some like standardized tests or anything. But the point is that, she, you know, it, it's not that. It's just that the school has teachers who are very good, who are dealing with a variety of kids in a foreign country, especially they speak, you know, some of the kids only speak English. Sasha's picked up Portuguese and a little bit of French. Uh, some of the kids speak fluent French. Some of the kids, that's their first language. Some of the kids are fluent Portuguese. English is their second language. It varies. So there's that challenge. And there's also, you know, just the general challenge of school. So it wasn't about teachers at all. But of course, you know, the Twitter mob was like, this is a horrible thing to say about teachers. And some teachers were like, my feelings are hurt or whatever. And I'm just like, dude, that's... That's your own chip on your shoulder. I never mentioned teachers. And in fact, the last problem with the school or any school, well, I don't know any school, there's probably some really shitty teachers out there, but not this school. I actually think teachers are excellent. So the last issue in my mind was the teachers, but somehow I became the guy who was shitting on teachers. And to me, that's just libel. I mean, if you found a manifesto that I have online, if you guys find it, uh, where I'm talking about how much I hate teachers, that so you find my 20 page manifesto on teacher hatred somewhere. Okay. Then I think it'd be a fair assumption to read that into that tweet. But if you haven't found that, and I don't think you have, then reading that is just being a douchebag. It's, it's being as ungenerous as possible. It's trying to woke, you know, the woke virtue signaling of I care about teachers. Look how much I care. But I actually would say it's the opposite. You pity teachers. You feel bad for them, which is a form, pity is judgment. They're two sides of the same coin. You think they're weak. You think they need your help. You think they need your pity, which is funny because the actual teachers were sort of like, oh yeah, you know, schools, you know, they, they just engage with it. There was no, most of them were very polite. They weren't resentful or anything. They were just sort of like, huh, what, what is it about school that you think is, you know, so much better at home or whatever? So it was the teachers. Well, most teachers are very frustrated with the system. They're of course. Teacher, I don't know any, I know a lot of teachers and, they, and none are, are happy with the system. Of course. A lot of them were like, yeah, I agree with you. You're totally right. This is, it's fucked the way the system is. So the people with the chip on their shoulder were not, they were, the, the, the people with the chips on their shoulder were not the teachers. They were people trying to somehow uh, embarrass me or dunk on me on the behalf of teachers. 
and they, you know, they can try to do that. But one thing I always feel like if you're trying to like virtue signal and seem like the defender of teachers and the good person on Twitter at my expense, I'm going to come after you because a, it's libel. You're, you're, you're saying that I'm saying something that I didn't say and certainly didn't mean or say, and B like you're, you're getting yourself, you're trying to like bolster yourself at my expense. And I'm going to call you out. I'm going to embarrass you because it is embarrassing. It's embarrassing that you would have to do that. You know, it, I mean, some people just got into, well, why is homeschooling? Why do you think that's a good idea? I didn't even say I'm for homeschooling. I'm saying I have been homeschooling like everybody else in the world for the last month. And I was just remarking on the uh, educational benefits of it. That was all. I wasn't saying I'm now a homeschooler, but everyone's like, but the socialization, but the this, but that. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, we, we have a lot of social plans, probably too many anyway, but I'm not the spokesperson for homeschooling. There's, there's a lot of good reasons that, that I've read a little bit about it. And uh, one of the things is that the current educational system is like a 19th century relic. It was like industrialization, getting people ready for the workforce. This is not how kids used to learn, grouped in with kids their own age, especially teenagers when you're eighth, ninth grade, and everybody's hormonal, and everybody's like the dumbest person in the world, the worst influence in the world, and they're all put in the same room, you know, and the peer pressure is to be the lowest common denominator. It used to be the kids would be with mixed people all ages, you know, people older, people younger, and they had a more balanced uh, interaction with society, but they're put now with people their own ages who at 13, 14 are literally the dumbest people in the world. And it's not good for them. It's not good for their development, in my opinion. So there's a lot of negatives with the way we do school. There's some positives. And I don't give a shit. I mean, you might say, no, the positives outweigh the negatives. I'm sending my kid to school, and I am too, actually. But I just don't give a shit how you raise your kid. There are people being like, oh, well, you can't do that. She's not going to be socialized. A, I wouldn't say I'm going to do it, but B... What do you care how I raise my kid? It's not even your, you know, I don't care how you raise your kid. If you're like, dude, I'm going to, I think Chloe's going to go to, we're going to homeschool her. I'd be like, ah, cool. Good for you. I don't care. It's how little do you care about the specifics of whether somebody sends their kid to private school or public school or Catholic school or homeschool, somebody else's kid. It's not your job. It's just not your job to police that shit. It really isn't. Yes, studies, I don't know how true it is, but studies have shown that like two-thirds of kids' performance in school is determined by what happens out of school. Uh, I've read that before all this stuff happened. And another one is uh, I believe there's no real benefits of homework until like seventh grade. And I'm just my, – my, Chloe's getting overloaded with, with homework right now in uh, – what grade? First grade? Um, yeah, so then Liz, this re- this required you to uh, to then follow up with an official apology tweet, though, like a nuts oh, yeah. monkey. No, no, no. It was something else. So then the next oh, day okay. – I'm, I'm confused. There's yeah. so many controversial tweets you have yeah, going. Yeah, no, but I mean, they weren't. But that's, that's the thing. They weren't controversial. Like the first one wasn't, right? The people thought it was. And, and honestly, like – a couple of people are trying to dunk on me in that first tweet, and, and I was going to just like absolutely savage them, but I just muted them and said, okay, that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to, I can't, it's like a Hydra, right? Like Twitter, where you get one of those things where, first of all, there were like 320 likes. So there are a lot of people who are like, of course, it's obvious. But there are a lot of people who were, you know, going down the you hate teachers route, and you can't fight the Hydra. You know, it's like a new head pops up every time you cut one off. So I just mute them, and I'm like, you know what? Shout into the void, asshole. Like, I'm not, you know, that's it. Yeah, I'm not going to engage with you. you. You had one shot to make a, a legitimate counterpoint, and you squandered it on virtue signaling and attacking me without even knowing, you know, without having a reason to. But so then the next day, I just made a joke, which was, I mean, this is totally innocuous. I mean, my tweet was innocuous, but because so many people decided to virtue signal on it, maybe it was not obvious to everybody. But my, my other tweet was 
just the next morning, I tweeted, I know a lot of you are miserable during the lockdown, but don't feel too bad. If you're really honest with yourself, you'll realize you were just as miserable in February for different reasons. That was it. That's not controversial. It's a joke. It was saying like, yeah, we're miserable, but come on, you know, you're already miserable. And some guy, of course, of course, there's one guy who says, this seems silly for all the people who've lost loved ones in the last five weeks. But yeah, I mean, that's I like, seriously, I wrote, I know a lot of you are miserable, but don't feel too bad. If you're honest, you'll realize you were just as miserable in February for different reasons. And he wrote, this seems silly for all the people who've lost loved ones. Oh, okay. I, I don't care about the loved ones. I get it. Okay. I'm a horrible person. I get it. So I wrote, I would like to, I quoted his tweet and I wrote, I would like to apologize for my insensitive tweet <laughs> that I now see can be read as dismissive of people who have lost loved ones in this trying time. And then, but what's fucked up is, and scared the shit out of me is a bunch of people are like, Oh man, Chris, I know you're a good guy. You didn't mean it that way. You know, stay safe, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh fuck. You know, people actually thought I was apologizing for a tweet that was totally obviously harmless. So then I, you know, I had to say like, come on, dude, the apology is a joke. That was just, just a walk joke. Back the apology. That, yeah, <laughs> this is great. What, was, what, a, what a week of tweet. Of, on your it tweet was box. a joke. I mean, but this is the thing. It's like, you know, and listen on this podcast, I just need to say just so all my listeners know, I want to preemptively apologize to the first responders and the nurses, and of course the troops. I need to apologize to the troops preemptively, just in case I say anything that somebody could construe as disparaging them going forward for life. It's kind of like Sasha. You know, we play tag, and I get sick of it, and I grab her and I say, da 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 like I'm tagging her a thousand times as I'm holding her arm, and I said, you're infinite, meaning infinite it. You're it infinitely. Like there's no, there's no amount of tagging you can do of me that will get you out of being it so you're infinite. And so I'm just saying on the podcast, I infinitely apologize for all of the implied disparaging of all of the groups who you, who you heroically defend. I preemptively apologize to all of them right now so, so that you know, we're, we get it out of the way. I, I'm, I'm so sorry in this trying time that I would say anything that could be construed as an insult to any sensitive group. Got it. Well, I was thoroughly, thoroughly entertained, Liz, and I got, you know, some of the responses, even I was, I, I probably got more upset about them than you yourself did. But um, anyway, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, quite a week for you. It, ta- it takes a lot of restraint for me sometimes just to like, but, but I do feel like, you know, if, if you're going to come after me, I'm going to punch back because not just because that's my nature, but because if you get into a fight and like sit five guys are punching and kicking you in the face, you know, be that last guy to get a little punch or a little kick in on the guy who's on the ground that the mob is beating up. I want to, I'm going to remember every single name, whether I say anything or not. And, uh, and I, I reserve the right to embarrass you later. Like I, I'm definitely going to defend myself in those kind of situations. I'm not going to be a target and I'm not going to apologize. And I'm, you know, if I did something wrong, like if I said something mean spirited, um, on the, uh, XM show, we, we ended up deleting this part, but I was talking about this and I said something like, you know, not only, you know, I was saying I think law school was kind of a racket. I thought college you could do in two years. There's so many things you could do without the four years and all the money spent. And, and I said, and it's now someone's going to say I hate professors. And I, I said to Jeff, I don't, you know, of course, I don't hate any of these people. Maybe administrators, you know, because there's so many administrators now, like sucking up all the budget of these schools. And then I said, actually, delete that because I don't even hate competent administrators doing their job. The right amount of, there needs to be some administrators. And I, I asked him to delete it because... If I said I hate administrators, then somebody who's a legit administrator doing his job could be like, that was mean-spirited, man. And then I would actually have to apologize because that was mean-spirited. That, it's not like, oh, I think this is a bloated 
system, in which case that's not taking a shot at anyone in particular. It would actually be taking a shot at somebody, in which case I would say sorry. I, you know, it's, you don't know every single person. You don't know what their value is. So you don't really, can't really sit there from a remote stance and judge them. So anyway, that's just that. That's it. I, I'm, I'm mostly over it. But I just, I'm just going to say, like, if you think I'm an opportunity to make yourself look good by taking something I said and, and trying to imply some sinister motive or something, I'm going to fuck you up. You know, I, I, I am. And, I, and I, I think it's my duty as a person and also to show other people, like, no, don't, don't let people bully you. It's, you know, if the bully comes for you, punch that dude in the face. And then the next day he shows up in the playground, punch him in the face three more times and then punch him in the face again and just make sure that the message is clear, you know, and, and that's that. Well said. Um, so coronavirus, what's, what's the latest news? Is this more and more evidence that it was here before originally reported? The one broke this morning, what, Santa Clara County, very close to my, myself, uh, what, uh, an autopsy is, is really February 6th. So, and, and, and I've just had so many examples on and on of this. Uh, any thoughts, Liz? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, it's probably there earlier. There's so much misinformation. The WHO is a joke. China's a joke with their veracity. And I know a lot of people who I respect think, oh, this China bashing is the new Russia bashing and xenophobic. But I think it's xenophobic to bash Chinese people. They're people like us. They, you know, they're in hell in that regime. There's doctors who try to get the message out heroically who were disappeared or killed. It's horrible. You know, so I, I feel bad for them, the people. But the government, just like our government, is not to be trusted. And theirs is probably 10 times worse from what I can tell. Although, of course, I don't know for sure. So I, I, don't, I don't like them one bit. And so I, I don't know. We don't know what the information is. And I don't trust our government. I don't trust our, most of our institutions. And I certainly don't trust the Chinese government. So who the hell knows? It, it was probably here earlier. The origin story is not what we've been told. Um, I do think that you know, we've, we've definitely flattened the curve to a large extent. And Portugal, knock on wood, has escaped the worst of it. We haven't been Spain or Italy yet. And it looks like hopefully we're not going to be. And everyone's, the social distancing has helped and slowed it. And but like no one's arguing that social distancing is going to get rid of the virus, right? They're just saying it's going to slow it so that the healthcare systems can can tolerate the influx of patients. Well, and also it's buying time. Don't forget that buying time for what? It's for what? To come up with this, uh, you know, medication. That's just not happening anytime soon. I mean, it could happen, but like the vaccine's not close. But that is. I mean, okay, but regardless, that is another reason for another argument. Hundred percent is you're buying time for them to come up with a fix. Okay, well, I, it's possible they have a fix, but I, I don't really think they're going to have a great fix. They might have some, you know, chloroquine or something that's like exists now that is useful. But I've seen some reports that it's in thirty mutations, and you might be right. There is no, there is. I, I, I think we're it's likely that we're stuck with it, right? And so then the question is, what do you do next? Well. I think you wear a mask in, in any sort of indoor place that's public, like a grocery store. I think you wash your hands before you come, you know, right after you come home. I think you um, avoid crowded places, public transportation. Some people said, well, how are you going to do that? How am I going to get to work? I'm like, I don't know. And it's not necessarily fair, but to say, well, you got to avoid public transportation is better than saying, well, you have to stay in your house, right? I mean, stay in your house, you're definitely not going to work. So if you then say, well, avoid public transportation. It's like, well, what am I going to do? It's like, well, I don't know, but it's better than just staying in your house. Like, it's not necessarily a great option, but you have better options than you did before you were even willing to leave home. So I think that, you know, mask, clean hands, no handshakes, no crowded places, fresh air, sun, exercise, good food, uh, will continue to, to uh, you, know, you know, to bend the curve and to uh, flatten the curve. And 
And I think that, you know, it'll spread and it'll spread, but it'll do so in a way that's tolerable. Barring uh, a cure or a safe and effective vaccine, which I'm dubious about, especially if it's Bill Gates is in charge of it. Because if you look, read into what he did in India, uh, I would be very, very wary taking anything that he produced, his organization produced, especially with some of his ambitions around that. It just seems like we're going to have to just deal with this because, you know, we did the job. Now, what's step two? We have to have an exit strategy. No, people aren't going to stay home for six months, eight months, no work, no economy. So I think like at a certain point, we just have to get back, keep the precautions, keep the curve flattened. If people do get seriously, if people get a little sick, they quarantine back at home for two weeks. If they get very ill, they go to the hospital and hopefully the hospital has enough beds and equipment to handle the new, you know, the new situation where people are taking precautions. Okay. First thing, uh, four things I learned about Bill Gates this week. Uh, he's apparently addicted to diet Coke. He eats cocoa puffs for breakfast, loves big Macs and is a huge investor in impossible foods. Right. Um, all right, moving on. And, and, uh, yeah. and he does not look healthy. That guy, PD Mangan, who, you know, we, yeah. you follow yeah. for health. He's 64, obviously he's in great shape and he's healthy. He's like, Bill Gates is younger than me. And you look at Bill Gates, he looks horrible. So no wonder he's, you know, obsessed with all this stuff. You know, I mean, the first thing you want to do is take care of your own health. Now, it's not a, it's not a perfect solution to, you know, pandemics and who knows, but the first step is to like eat proper foods and exercise and make yourself as robust and inhospitable to the virus as possible should you catch it. Yeah, one would think that. Yeah, but I guess I'm a hypocrite. It took me a while to, to get there too, but yeah. Everybody in our society ate like crap until they were at least, you know, I mean, very few people are health nuts in their twenties. You know, that's fair. Um, so what I asked you uh, about, you, you've just been using a, a shirt for a mask and you've been going out more. I've been, I just I, bought a mask. I, I, I just, I just take out a couple times. I've been going out a little bit more, but, um, so tell me what mask you bought. So I was just at the post office. I had to mail, uh, tax returns and saw they had masks for sale. And so I had 10 euros. I bought six masks and I have real masks. Uh, so I don't have to wear the stupid t-shirt, which always falls off. I'll do that. Um, I go to the park, my family, you know, I wash my hands every time I come home, every time before I go out, you know, we'll see in the next week or two, you know, we're going to see one of Sasha's friends and play in a park, keep them apart, but just hang out. Maybe, you know, it's sort of like, what's the next step? What's the next thing to do? And I think everybody's going to do it. I think it should be up to people individually. I don't think the government should be involved. Yeah, what you laid out, it makes sense. It's to be slower and... Uh, and with yeah. precautions, because people, <laughs> the virus will come back when people get out of their houses. It just will. But if it comes back slowly, isn't that what you want? If we can't kill it for good, which doesn't seem like we can, then the best solution is to live with it, but just make sure it's not hitting all at once. And it's going to be still very drastically different. I mean, what Facebook, you know, they just came out and said they're not having any events with more than 50 people till 2021 in June or whatever. Not you know, not through this summer, through the next summer. So like, just realize it's going to be a while before it's back to what it was, but yeah, it's going to be, makes sense what you said. Um, all right. What, what next? We have different areas we could go. We could talk about Tom Hanks's chin. Well, you I, I, on that I, route I only have, I only have, uh, I only have five minutes cause I got to do this, uh, yeah. XM show. So yeah, well, a hard out too. And you started, uh, you called me out. So Tom Hanks's chin, uh, Kim Jong-un's health, oil being negative. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the markets. I mean, the, wow. the, yeah. Gronk. Well, we'll talk about Gronk. I mean, it's, it's all over everywhere. I'll just say this. I don't care about Kim Jong-un, like North Korea's. So yesterday's news, like who gives a shit about them? But Okay. Yeah, but but the markets, man. I mean, went up today, I guess, or was last I checked. But all the smart people I see on Twitter, and again, who knows? 
They think it's going to be a bloodbath. And I mean, look, nobody's doing anything. Nobody has any money. Rents aren't being paid. The Fed shot its bullet and that's it. I mean, I don't know what else it can do. I mean, it can just, it, it can destroy the monetary base if it wants, but it's, I don't know. I, I think like, man, like be very careful if you're in the market. I would just say that. I, I follow people who are very adamant that ca- it's going to be deflation and cash is king. And a lot of people think it's going to be an inflation and that Bitcoin and gold are king. And I believe them both. And I read somebody said something smart that said inflation and deflation are not opposites. They're both what happens with distortions of the market. It's kind of like people have low blood sugar or blood sugar crashes. They also get diabetes later. It's like once there's dysregulation of that system, uh, it can swing wildly. So deflation then to inflation, you know, I, cash and Bitcoin seem like too good gold, but I don't know how to take custody of physical gold without too much risk. So I, I don't do that. The last thing I want to say, a couple yeah, things. I've been buying Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel pretty good about it. And then two things. Uh, I'm reading The Hobbit with Sasha. It was one of my favorite books as a kid. And it's just so good. It's just so like, it gives me a lot, a lot of enjoyment. The riddles when he finds the ring and encounters that was Gollum. By far my favorite book as a kid. Loved it. By yeah, far my yeah. number one favorite book as a yeah. kid. I mean, that and Lord of the Rings. I loved him. And I, I just remember that riddles when he's trying to get by and he wants to say, give me more time. And the answer is time, which is the, I just is like, I was like excited, like reading that to her and she was like riveted by it. And the other thing is like, so we watched a lot of shit movies. We were thinking about getting E.T. for Sasha, but E.T. so cheesy. It's so like heartstring corny. Even when I was a kid, I remember thinking this is corny, but I decided to go with Karate Kid and we watched Karate Kid. I wasn't sure if it was going to be like inappropriate for her or something. That is a great movie. Karate Kid holds up a hundred percent. I was like, this movie's got a shot. I had to like pause it because she didn't really understand Mr. Miyagi that well. I'm like, here's what he's saying. He's saying, no, no such thing as bad student, bad teacher. He's saying it's not. You know, I was like explaining. I had to like slow it down for her because the way he talked, she, he, she couldn't understand. But what a good movie. I, I'm telling you, go watch Karate Kid with your kids. It's like, it's legit. That movie's like good. And you know, the other thing about it is like, so he's being bullied and Mr. Miyagi goes to the dojo and he's like, He's like, one-on-one, fair problem. Five-on-one, not fair problem. And he says, okay, well, why don't we fight right now? And he's like, too much advantage at your dojo. We'll do it at the tournament. And the message of that movie wasn't like, oh, I'm being bullied. You know, I, you know, I need help. Because uh, Daniel says to Mr. Miyagi, he says, dude, now you screwed me even worse. Now I'm going to get my ass kicked off, you know, in the tournament. And he said, no, you know, he's like, how am I going to win? He's like, you don't have to win. Just put up a good fight and they'll respect you. Just show up and, you know, put up a good fight. They're going to respect you. It's a good message. It was sort of like, they call that the unfairness of it, but they all, he also had to like, and when he first got bullied and pushed around, he punched one of those dudes in the face. He got his ass kicked, but he wasn't like, he wasn't soft. And I think that's the right message. And that message has been lost. You know, it was unfair. And Mr. Miyagi sort of leveled the playing field for him and helped him train. But the, the message was still like, you have to do something about this. So I, I thought it was really good. I would love to revisit that movie. Haven't seen it in far too long. The season one of the TV show recently, Cobra Kai, not season, season one was surprisingly good, but I'd definitely love to watch that movie with my kids. So good call on that. Um, I know you have to go list, but uh, quick, uh, quickly, A, I think you guys are crazy. The original insights, all you and Brad Evans talking about Gronk. He just seems crazily high uh, ranked to me in the industry. We can talk more on that later. Uh, my pop culture stuff, I saw sincerely Louis C.K., uh, his, he released a special, man. It's very funny. And How can you watch Louis C.K.? You are a monster. I know. How dare know. you? Oh, and and he's very inappropriate, too. I mean, it's like, wow. It <laughs> Wait, is, once you is, got nothing to lose, once you go, go all in. 
Yes, that's pretty much the route he decided, and it is, uh, yeah, it's quite entertaining. Um, and then the last dance, speaking of entertaining, I love watching MJ with four fingers of scotch sitting next to him, mind you, giving this interview. If you haven't seen the first two episodes, good stuff. And then finally, I never talk music on here, but dude, Fiona Apple's uh, new album is so, so good. I really recommend it, man. It's just so good, Fiona Apple. Um, that's all I got for you, Liz. Good stuff, and I uh, can't wait for your next tweet, man. Really, really looking forward to it. <laughs> we'll see. It'll probably be totally innocuous, but you never know. All right, man. Take it easy. Good talking. All right. Later, Liz.